Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adam's Plus One. Episode 27 features Will Gray. Will Gray is the owner and host of Pinewood Sports Network, which is based out of Chicago, Illinois. During this episode, Will discusses his reaction to the Chicago Bears' most recent devastating loss to the Cleveland Browns, along with his outlook for the rest of the 2023 season. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a share. Let's dive in. Will, what's up? How are you doing? Doing good. How about yourself? Doing great, man. Doing great. Last time we talked, I promised we'd have you back on in a few weeks. It's been a few weeks. And the last time we chatted, unfortunately, it was after a tough loss. This time after another tough loss. So I'm going to leave the floor open to you, man. Just take me through your reaction to the Browns game in full. Go for it. Yeah, I believe the last time we talked was after the the horrific Lions game where we collapsed in the fourth quarter. And here we are. Uh, we had a good few weeks in between where we haven't talked, and then here we are again, another horrific fourth quarter collapse. Uh, my takeaways are very simple. I said going into the game, I think that this is going to be the biggest deciding factor for both Eberflus and Justin Fields on their 2024, uh, if they're going to be a part of the team in 2024. And I think that we got some answers. I wouldn't necessarily, I think the front office got some answers. That's what I would say more. I don't know if we essentially have the answers. Um, but I think the front office knows moving forward now after that game what they're going to do. That's just my opinion. You know, obviously, obviously, to begin with, I'm no insider in general, right, right, let alone right. not even in the in the in-house hall by any means. But, um, yeah, I think that this was the most meaningful game of both Iberflus and Fields' tenure. They have a chance to, you know, continue the streak that they're on of playing good football and actually make a run at the postseason and they, the Bears, you know, got a lot of help this weekend. Both the Vikings and the Packers lost. I know Seattle upset uh, Philadelphia and the Rams beat the Commanders, but still, a lot of things went the Bears' way this weekend, and they collapsed. The defense played good, but the defense, you know, teams are going to figure out how to stop a defense, how to, you know, beat a defense by the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the offense was, you know, essentially non-existent. And... I, you know, everyone wants to sit here and give a round of applause to Eberflus for how he's been calling the defense, and he should, you know, give him his flowers for that. But outside of that, we continue continue to see coaching blunders week after week. Uh, the decision to not kick a field goal before halftime, obviously, you know, there's wind factors going on. Um, Cairo Santos and Eberflus said they're about eight yards off from their mark. But, I mean, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it was still only like a 55-yard field goal. I know the wind is going on, but... We can't even get an attempt. It's before half. You know, it's not really much of a situational play there because it's either you miss or you make it and nothing changes and you go in to the locker room. Obviously, you could have like an Alabama-Auburn kick six situation, but I mean, a very, very rare occurrence there. So that is just the start of it. And then obviously, Justin Jones dropping into coverage on third and fifteen. <laughs> oh, Late in the game, one. covering David Njoku, three hundred and ten pound Justin Jones into coverage just blew my mind. So those are just two coaching blunders I see there. And then, you know, we're fifteen weeks into the season now, and Maddie er, and Justin Fields and Luke Getzey are still not on the same page. I agree. So I think the front office has their answers. I think that Justin Fields will not be the Chicago Bears quarterback next season, and I don't think Maddie Eberflus will be the Chicago Bears head coach next season. Whether people think that's correct or not, 
you know, that's obviously all opinion based. I would have told you last week that I don't agree with that move. And I'm going to tell you this week that I do agree with that move. Um, this is a defense that has caused quarterbacks problems all year, but we've seen a lot of good and bad from Justin on Sunday. He had two drop touchdown passes, but he also had two or three dropped interceptions. He continued to look extremely shaky in the pocket, which it's it's a strong front four that Cleveland has. It is. But but it's just it's it, it's I think that Ryan Poles is looking at what he has and thinks that Caleb Williams can win him that football game. Yep. I agree. That's you have to make one throw. That another thing that's concerning, Will, for me is I get that he was injured last year at the end of the year, but we're getting down the stretch here. They are he and he and Darnell Mooney are just not on the same page. And I that's shocking to me. I, I actually booked that happening. Okay, they'll figure that out. And it has not happened on that mm-hmm. option route where it was almost yep. a pick. The yep. there was a throw even down the sideline. I mean, I know Fields had some pressure on his face. Didn't even give Mooney really a chance to run underneath it on a deep ball. That's been concerning. Play calling, Luke Getzey's play calling in key moments. Now it's not just one or two games. It was a Lions game. It's this game. It goes back to last year. There were some really questionable play calls when we were down three. The one that really bothered me, even Mark Sanchez said it during the broadcast, when when they basically dropped everyone into protection, two-man route, fields get sacked, and Mark Sanchez said, why don't they just run the ball? Why are they doing that? What are they doing? Yeah. So the, the field goal kick, I mean, you you nailed everything. I'm with you on all that. So you like you said, whether or not you're right or not, that's your take on it going into next year. So for the rest of the season, is there anything that that you want to see from any any positions, anything you're excited about, or just kind of take me through where we're at now? What's 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 on your what are, what is Will going to be looking out for against you know the Cardinals, Falcons, and the Packers? What are you looking for now? Uh, my first thing would be Justin Fields playing good so we can get a first-round pick for him in trade. That's uh, my biggest takeaway. Um, I think he's much better than Sam Darnold, and the Sam Darnold trade to the Panthers is, in my opinion, the base trade for quarterbacks who are going through what Justin Fields is going through. Sam Darnold netted a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick from Carolina to the Jets for his play. And I would say that Justin Fields, in his three years in Chicago, has shown much more flash and promise than Sam Darnold ever did. So I would really like to get a mid first mid first round to late first round pick for Justin Fields. Yeah. So I think that he can play good against these these upcoming next three weeks. Uh, you got Arizona, Atlanta, and Green Bay, the defenses who have struggled in the past. So I would like to see Justin Fields still play good. Um, you know, there's the fans who are still holding out the hope. You got three percent chance to make the postseason. It's you know comical <laughs> to me at this point, it's but over. I guess anything could happen. Yeah. So I think that is probably my biggest takeaway from this. I don't see a scenario where Justin Fields is the like I just I mean, obviously we don't know what's going on. Maybe Ryan Poles does think he is the guy and he could sit there and scapegoat Luke Getze. So obviously I just want to see Justin Fields play good regardless. You know, if he is going to be the quarterback next season, I want him to play good. If we're gonna trade him, I want him to play good to boost his draft stock. So that is by far my biggest thing. Um, when you touched on Darnell Mooney, I'm. It is sad to say because I do. I've always been a big fan of Darnell Mooney's, but I'm ready to see him play in a different uniform. Me too, man. He, Me too. Uh, he, misses, he misses way too many assignments in the blocking game. Um, that fourth and one sticks out tremendously. I mean, he completely just waited for the guy to come to him and kind of just gave him a shoulder check, and he made a tackle on Justin Fields that 
saved Cleveland's chances at this ball game. I mean, if we think about that, That's we pick right up there. the first down, it could be game. Yeah, uh, game. At least giving, you know, Justin had the option there to throw it to DJ Moore, who was wide open, or use his legs to pick up the first down. And we didn't get to see him make any really decision because he got tripped up. And then it's just he's fighting everything in his power to pick up the first down. So Darnell Mooney, I want gone next season. You have a nice free agent uh, wide receiver market for wide receivers. Wide receiver twos or threes, depending on how, what they attack in the draft. Um, obviously, everybody wants Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know if our pick is going to be in that range. So we're looking at someone like Malik Neighbors, maybe even trade back and get a Romeo Odunze from Washington. Two big guys that I'm really looking uh, forward to coming out of the draft this year. So Darnell Mooney, but that, looking at the free agent market, you have Gabe Davis, Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman, arguably a wide receiver one. Mike Evans is available. Don't know if you want to go with the old route, but uh, really, it's really tough for me to say what I want out of this rest of the season because I want like I want the coaching staff to be gone. I want them. So I don't want them to go out there and perform. I guess it would just be like guys like Montez Sweat, uh, Gervin Dexter, um, maybe get some more Tyler Scott action, Roshan Johnson action. Let the young guys ball out a little bit more. Right. Uh, Pickens. Uh, I would even throw like Terrell Smith in there and Tyreek Stevenson more, um, get them on the field as much as possible. And uh, maybe a little bit less of Eddie Jackson, another player who I'm ready to see play for another uniform as much as I love him and what he's, you know, what he's battled through being a Chicago bear, great, a phenomenal free safety early in his prime, but he just doesn't have that in him anymore. So it's tough for me to really answer that because there's not much else that I'm looking for. Uh, I think the players who are playing good and are a part of this team uh, next year, they're doing so. Like the team is not bad. It's not the roster isn't bad, really, overall. I think the front four is really coming together. Um, But I think our holes are going to be addressed in free agency in the draft. So it's not like really to me, like who can step up and save their position anymore, because I think we're at that point in the season now where next year's positions are almost solidified outside of draft and you know, free agency. Free agency, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Pull said going into the into the season, seventy five percent of the way there, right? The Montez Sweat deal probably gets you more than eighty, and now you're looking at yep. the draft and free agency. I like, I love T Higgins. Like, I'm a huge T Higgins fan. The thing with yeah. T Higgins is he's going to get offers to reset the market, and we don't need to pay him that. Yeah. No. So, like you said, you go to the Michael Pittman's. I mean, hey, I don't know if he's unrestricted, but I believe Calvin Ridley is is also on his last year of his deal. I remember looking it up. I don't, I'm not a big fan of his. I like Pittman because he's a good compliment to DJ, a big body. Yes. Right. Yes. I'd imagine Colts are going to offer him a good deal because they want to surround their young quarterback with talent, but curious to see how the, how, how our free agency goes will obviously dictate what we take top of the draft board, or if we choose a tra- trade back, let's talk about the quarterback position. This is my last thought on it. Curious what you're going to say. And then we can wrap up here. If I'm Ryan Poles though, after what I've seen, it's the way that they've lost games, though, Will. It's different when you lose a game. Like, if we were the Brown, in the Browns position in that game and Fields wasn't playing well all game, right, or our offense was struggling all game and we were down 10 and then we came back but still lost, that's one thing. You're up 10 in the NFL yep. in the fourth quarter. You want a $250 million contract, $150 million contract. you got to win these games. And the coaching yep. staff, like, your chances of winning are so high, you're in position to win, and you can't win games, and it's we're questioning play calling on both sides of the ball. Like, if I'm Ryan Poles, I have to make a huge decision with the first overall pick. I'm getting 
I'm taking the best quarterback available because that's my guy now, my decision. And then I'm not having him step into the same coaching regime. I want to reset. The, I want everyone on the same clock. I want the yep. quarterback, the offensive coordinator, the coach, same clock, preferably an offensive coach. We both agree the benefit there, I'm sure. So yes. I'm Ryan Poles, like forget about everything else. Like your future as a GM, you're a young GM. Do you want, how much longer do you want to be a GM? If you're the guy that keeps fields, Caleb Williams goes somewhere, two years, you're gone. And everyone, oh, yeah. you're never going to get a job offer as a GM until maybe years later. So my question to you is, and then, and then this is, this will be my last question, but to, how does this impact your, you're all about the bears. Like I am, you know, you know, your stuff. I actually watched a TikTok yesterday morning. I was kind of getting ready. I saw that TikTok of you and they asked about the home openers. You're crushing those, dude. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. And I didn't realize it was home openers, not just openers. But man, you were on fire, dude. That was awesome. It, it was actually supposed to be season. It was it was season openers, but he said home openers. So I only did the I did this. I got all the season openers. Yeah, I'm a little hey, bit of a crushing yeah. home openers though. I was thinking, dang, this guy's on fire, man. So we know you're about it. this guy is really about his bears, uh, like I am. My question to you is, your polls. What impact do you see on these these guys in the locker room? Love Justin. Jalen Johnson, I love Jalen Johnson. He's talked highly about him. TJ Moore, we know, I know you know what he said after the post game. It's what impact will it have on the locker room? Does that concern you if you're Ryan Pulse? Yeah, I mean, I, that is one thing I'm definitely afraid of because we're talking about Caleb Williams, whose red flags are egotistical and not a leader, which Justin Fields is phenomenal at both of those things. He's a, such a humble human being and um, a leader in that locker room. He wears the C on his chest for a reason. So you're taking a captain out of the system. If you think about it, you kind of look at the Trey Lance and the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. When Trey Lance was the quarterback, he didn't get named captain. Uh, it was a little bit weird. Jimmy Garoppolo, the backup, even finished higher than him in the whole captain race or voting, whatever. Yeah. And then Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy G comes in, 49ers start winning some ball games, and you can see the whole team kind of change their tune on the field like they didn't pick up Trey Lance once against the Bears last year when he got sacked and then you see Jimmy Garoppolo take a big hit and you have all five offensive linemen running over there to pick him up so that does worry me a little bit I would hope that the players can see the professional aspect of it and the business aspect of it and realize that wins are everything Ryan Poles is also battling for his career here and has not been able to produce a winning football team. My takeaway is just kind of going forward, if I was Ryan Poles, I'd do it step by step. First, I would fire the coaching staff, and I would bring in an offensive-minded head coach like we both agree on. People are all worried about, oh, well, the defense is going to take a step back without Eberflus. What are we worried? Like The the, the team had, the defense has ballers now. Like. Yeah. A defensive coordinator should be able to come in and fill this role and, you know, have the – I'm not saying even the same success that Eberflus is putting on paper, just similar success. You bring in an offensive-minded head coach, let him fill his coaching staff, yada, yada, and you let the – and you and the, and the new head coach go from there when it comes to addressing the quarterback. Who knows what this offensive-minded head coach's thought process is? Right. Maybe, he, maybe he's a huge Justin Fields guy. But regardless, you have to reset the clock. And that's what I love that you brought up. We need the quarterback and the head coach on the same clock. Yeah. Because the Chicago Bears are famous for doing the <laughs> opposite of that. Everyone, the, the GM, the coach, and the QB, different clocks. It yes. never makes any sense. My only thing with the defense, you remember this, was 
and it is you see it sometimes, but I don't want to see this where, and I don't, I know I'm pretty confident this won't happen. We have a four-three scheme now. We've got this type of defense. Don't bring a defensive coordinator in, man. That's going to be a three-four, and then our personnel. No, 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 no. I saw them do that with Tressman, and that that was bad. I don't want to see that. We have a really good core, the way it's set up. Just bring someone in that has a background in this similar style of the defense. That's all I really care about. One hundred percent, because he set the system up for four-three players. Exactly. And that's how it should be. So we've been drafted the four-three. Yeah, exactly. We should keep the four-three. Our our defense runs on the four-three. Um, I mean, usually that doesn't become a, such a problem with the secondary, which is about filled out, in my opinion. I think the right. Tyreek Stevenson is really only the kind of hole in the system, but he's a rookie, hardest position in the game to play. Let him grow. He'll be fine. He's had some flashes that I think will pan over just fine. Uh, it's just it comes down to the defense and the Bears never really did address the three tech position like they should have. So I guess maybe it wouldn't worry me too much. If they went to a four th- or three four, but I agree with you, they stick. They should stick with the four three. Just stick with them, man. I agree. I agree completely. But you do have Montez Sweat, who is fast and athletic and could play the outside linebacker role. You have uh, Gervin Dexter, who can play the interior, and you are still looking for another edge rusher. Right. They go so to three I- four. They go to three four. They're going to need a bigger, a few bigger bodies on the interior because you, know, you got to take up more space and just eat run blocks. Exactly. So just, exactly. I think, stick with the four three. It makes more sense because. We are looking for consistency, and that's that's something that's simple to keep consistency. Okay, I'm going to have you on again at the end of the season after the Green Bay game. So a few days after that, we'll recap the season. We'll touch base during the offseason. But last thing, last question of the day. I said last question. Who, do do, who does Will want coaching the Chicago Bears when we kick off in 2024? See, look, this is what's so funny because I've been Ben Johnson. All I mean, I – I think the Harbaugh thing is going to maybe become – I'm going to go realistic here. Harbaugh, I'm not saying is not an option, but it's just like, you know, let's not let's not dive into the mythicals until it's, you know, a real possibility and it's in your face. Uh, I think I still am going to run with Ben Johnson because I – regardless of how sometimes his quarterback folds under pressure, which I don't think all relies on him – uh, Jared Goff is a great, uh, an above average game manager in this league, but we've seen numerous times throughout his career when he is pressured, he does collapse. And I don't think that falls all on Ben Johnson when his offense has, has been stagnant over time the last few weeks, which people are starting to hit the panic button. Like, oh my gosh, people want Ben Johnson, but look at what his, look at what his offense just did against the Bears defense. Well, the Bears defense is playing good. Playing really uh, good. His court, exactly. And his quarterback folds heavily under pressure. A quarterback that plays much better in a dome. We saw that at the end of the first game. Then exactly. outdoors. And no mobility. Could you imagine Ben Johnson with a mobile quarterback, with the way he likes to boot? Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. You nailed that on the head. And his route concepts are some of the best in the league. He always has guys open in in the middle of the field. Deep balls, too. He can get any receiver open on the deep ball. He can get crossers across the middle of the field wide open. I think Ben Johnson is the way to go still, regardless of of how his offense has performed over the last few weeks. Um, that's still my go-to guy. Um, I'm starting to hit the skeptical waves on Brian Johnson, the OC from Philadelphia. I'm starting to get a little nervous about that. For me that, for me, that was more of if we were going to fire Iberflus and keep fields, I would have liked Brian Johnson. Now I'm kind of hitting the, oh, really panic about that. Um, and it's it's still tough for me. To, I mean, they always have these random candidates from, like, I don't know all of the great OCs. And the, exactly. You know they're going to pop up. I'm going to guess whoever is with uh, Steichen and with the Colts, 
people yes. are loving that they're gonna jump he's over gonna, him right oh yeah he's gonna get some names which does worry me a little bit because it is year one but we've seen success off of that um i'm sure they're gonna maybe make some phone calls to whatever's going on in miami uh if you look at tua's build and if they do draft caleb williams uh mike mcdaniels his offensive system can just score on one play. We literally saw a clip of it from this last weekend. He's exactly. like, one play drive, one play drive, and it was. So um, I'm sure they're going to make some phone calls over to Miami. I'm sure they're going to make some phone calls to probably San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, I think Ben Johnson is still my go-to guy as of right now, my top candidate. Yeah, well, probably No, because it's the Bears. <laughs> you know what? We talked about this, too. Uh, maybe the last time, maybe we didn't because we both like Ben. I also just love that he knows the division. Like, I've seen him – go against Green Bay. I've seen him go against Minnesota. So he comes in, he knows your division really well. And that is a huge advantage when you bring a head coach in that knows the division. And then he knows the Lions really well. And they're the number one team in the division. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I completely agree with you there. And what I'm really looking forward to is how they pan out against these, because two of their last three games are against Minnesota. So we right. haven't got to see him go head to head with Brian Flores yet. That's a good point. And that is also a name I would be on the lookout for in head coaching uh, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears actually did make a phone call to Brian Flores, which if we are going to go defense, there's probably only like three names in the NFL that I would be okay with. And Brian Flores is one of them. Who are the other two? I think I have an idea on one. Dan Quinn. Yep. <laughs> and Mike Tomlin ever gets fired. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, yeah, they part ways. Oh, man, that would be, that'd be nice. I'd I make that phone call in a heartbeat. Those yeah. are about the only three defensive uh, head co- defensive coaches in the NFL right now that I'd be like, okay, I can maybe get behind this. Um, you know who's getting some hype? So you know who's getting some hype when I tune on tune into the games is uh, the young kid from the Baltimore. He's getting a lot of hype because of the blitz packages he's putting together. So I forgot his name. I want to say it's Mike something. Luke, our our buddy Luke Hendrickson was on it a few months ago, and then you know they played Monday. They played Monday night, right? And yeah, 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 great game. Yeah. So he, he's, he's getting some love and he's doing a really good job because they don't have as good as the Ravens are playing. They don't have a dominant like pass rusher, but he dials it up, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're out of our conference and I, I watched when they're on national. So, well, good stuff, man. Okay. Well, you're on Ben Johnson. Ask, I'm on Ben Johnson. Go ahead. I want to ask you. Yeah. How many, so the Bears, they're obviously in a unique scenario right now with the number one overall pick. How many teams do you think in the NFL that they were in the situation that the Bears had would take? I'm going to give you a few examples because I'm not going to make you go through all 32 yeah. NFL teams. Would take Caleb Williams right now in their situation. Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, honestly, I get a lot of crap from, from my friends because I, I call like I see it. I have not seen it with Trevor Lawrence. I'd take Caleb Williams over him. Not even a I question. Agree. That's, that's, that, that's what, that is pretty much like the only team where I'm like, okay, like, you know, People like when when does Trey when does Trevor Lawrence start getting the the media attention here for his play? If you look at his first forty seven games, toe for toe with Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, Will, Will, Daniel Will, Jones. check this out. He has everything going for him. Plays in a small market. No one cares about football down there like they do in Chicago. Just compare it to Justin. Justin, he has an offensive minded head coach who's won a Super Bowl. Okay, mm-hmm. he has weapons. What, what weapon does he have? He's had Ridley, Kirk. Zay Jones can play. We know about the tight end and the running back. Weapons are there. I mean, what else, what else can – and I just don't see it. He's not putting up he, – he's not even putting up game manager numbers. So I'm I'm definitely with him. And to run through the list, though, I mean, every team that needs a quarterback, Raiders, Steelers, obviously the, the obvious ones. Then you get Hard into – you can even get into – the Packers would take Caleb Williams. 
Oh, 100%. The Vikings would take Caleb Williams. They'd reset the market. Right. The Lions would do it. Like, 100%. so what, what are we, what are we doing with Fields? The big game with Fields is this Falcons game. We can showcase him to Atlanta. I hope he tears him up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta, I think Atlanta's going to be on the phone. I think New uh, Pittsburgh is going to be on the phone this offseason about making phone calls to Justin Fields. And honestly, I would love to see him in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin. I think that'd be awesome. I, I, think, think, I think so, too. Because if Arthur Smith somehow stays as the head coach, he's just going to even – he's just going to kill Justin Fields. <laughs> he's going to run him. <laughs> well, what about Arizona? Arizona, that's an inch. That's the most interesting situation outside of the Bears that no one's talking about. What are yeah. they What do they think? Do they like – Anyone after Caleb, do they like Drake Mamel, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm curious about because they're in a tough spot with the Patriots being right there with them. There is a chance that they end up with the number two overall pick if they lose to the Bears. And I think they have Seahawks and Rams, I think, left. Or I think 40. you're right. No, because they played the 40. Yeah, they have, I think they have Seahawks and Rams left, or they have someone in the mix. Where... Rams, last, Rams' last game of the season is the Niners. I know that because I was listening to a podcast. So they'd have to have Seahawks last week of the season if the Rams are playing the Niners. So yeah, that, that has to be how it goes. They have to play the Seahawks last week. Here, I just want to because last week's we know that last week's all division. What's yeah exactly? What's it? See, look, they got Bears, Eagles, Seahawks. Oh man! And the Patriots got the Jets in Week 18. The Patriots can beat the Jets. If, 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 Belichick, knows he, if Belichick knows he's on the way out, he'll win that game. He'll go for the. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, know he will. You know he will. Do the Cardinals – I don't – see, look, I don't think they would do it for Caleb Williams. I, I mean, I don't think they would do it for Drake May. But if they had the number one overall pick, there's a conversation to be had about Kyler Murray, who's making $50 million, and Caleb Williams being the number one overall pick. That's an interesting scenario as well in the NFL. I Thankfully, wonder, I, I think – I'm hoping the Bears can just lock it up very soon. I just want one more win out of Arizona. That's why I would not be – I would not be upset losing this game. Right. It kind of helps us in two ways, right? Both draft picks. Because then we could potentially jump them. And, yeah, we could potentially jump them. We would have to lose out damn near maybe, and they would have to win two more games. And who knows where we'd be on strength of schedule at that point and whatever. Realistically, our last week of the season, if Green Bay's playing to get in, I don't trust us winning up in Lambeau. I mean, I know that they don't look that good right now. I just don't trust the Bears winning up in Lambeau. I have to see it to believe it, man. No chance. But regardless, yes, I'm looking forward to talking to you after the end of the season. Uh, once again, back-to-back off-seasons, the Chicago Bears are going to be the most polarizing team in the entire NFL. Yeah. And it, it kind of sucks, and it's kind of cool. Everyone's going to be talking about us, yeah. which, you know, for like four years there was not happening. So that's all right. That's but, all right. Uh, We're in the news. And, and I mean, if I'm polls, I'm holding on to that draft pick till draft night, dude. I'm not yeah. kidding. I want them bidding it out if I'm going to trade. Oh, teams. yeah. That, not... This is not one that you make in the middle of March. You hold on to this no. until – that's what I'm saying, though. When do you trade Justin Fields? If you trade Justin Fields, you know you're taking Caleb Williams. Do you think you go into the draft with Justin so then teams have no idea, and then when you're on the board to pick Caleb, those teams that maybe by that point, though they already know, oh. they already know, hey, like – they're going to take Caleb, and we know everyone's on the phone with them right now for Justin, right? And then you, maybe you get your last two bidders in the room and say, they're offering a second, you're offering a second, but we're we're definitely doing a, at least a first. And you, maybe you get them to outbid each other because they know, the Steelers know, hey, we can't get a quarterback in this draft. We're not going to. Because, you know, there's going to be movement leading up to the draft. Someone's going to move up high, and then a team that didn't get to move up is going to know, shit, we need a QB. We can sell Justin Fields, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be difficult because Pittsburgh's probably going to be around that like 15 to 16 range. And 
for them, it's going to be like, okay, do we want to run it back with Kenny Pickett? No. Do we want to have spend our, because there, there is a lot of quarterbacks available in this draft, Yeah, but outside of Caleb Williams and Drake may, you could categorize them with Kenny Pickett in terms of when he was coming out. Exactly. So do we want to have another scenario where we draft Kenny Pickett? Probably not. Overall, my prediction, I'll give it at the end of the season, um, but a sneak preview, I don't think the Bears will get a first. I'll tell you what I think the Chicago Bears will get for Justin Fields at the end of the year. You heard it here. He'll tell you at the end of the year. Will, we plan on having you on at the end of the season to recap the season and moving forward, and then I would like to have you on if it's cool with you once a month. Just let news build up once a month, have you on 20 minutes. You know, Obviously, if there's a big trade, I'll have you on uh, immediately. Combine time. Combine time, drive time, free agency time, all that. I'll be here to talk. Keep crushing it with uh, Pinewood Sports. Love the content you guys are putting out. Everyone, this is my good friend from Pinewood Sports, Will Gray. Will, we appreciate you. Have a great holiday, man, and go Bears. Thank you. Bear down.